Welcome back to Trip Talk Tech. We got a super dope show for y'all today. We got a super informative show for y'all today. We're going to talk education and technology, and we're going to talk with our esteemed guests. So please help me welcome to the show, Ms. Kim Cross. How you doing, Kim? Fantastic, Keith. It's been a long, long time since last we talked. It's so nice to see your face. Same, same, same. Look, at Trip Talk Tech, and I know I'm about to bombard you, uh, but we like to show love to the ones that are out there. They're disrupting the community. They were disrupting the spaces, creators, inventors. Um, and you fell right into that line when I thought about you and uh, what you're doing at Elevate K-12 and what you guys are doing and disrupting in the education space. Um, uh, we talked a little bit before we got going, but like I said, the kids out there, the parents that will be watching today, they thank you and they don't even know it yet, but hopefully when we get done, they'll understand why. So again, thanks to the work that you're doing for our kids in the future and in the future of education. Thank you. Thank you, Keith. Hey, no problem. So when I reached out to Kim, my, my biggest thing was um, I've been watching and I think I understand what Elevate K-12 does um, in, in the education space. I've seen you guys kind of grow year over year and it's been interesting in what you provide. And um, I know that space right now is tight and, and with the pandemic, post-pandemic, we've, we've had, uh, you know, again, parents have the hybrid education model. Some kids been home clicking computers all day. You know, I think you guys have a streaming platform. So we'll definitely get into that. But um, where I sort of value um, in, in your proposition or, or in K-12, Elevate K-12's proposition was, um, one that was kind of dear to my heart and, and the Trip Talk Tech mission itself of trying to get this information out to maybe communities or underserved communities that might not have that readily available or in their school programs every day. And I thought, man, this is definitely something for these communities, especially I know I went to Baltimore City School System. I love the teachers. I love the people. They really work with me. I'm sure they was patient as hell with me <laughs> to, to just see me through. But outside of the people, those programs, as I got older and became a parent myself, I realized the programs just aren't there. There's no way I can learn about finance. There's no way I can learn about this because those programs just weren't available in my school. So when I got in the work world and you guys were talking about stocks and <laughs> I'm I'm writing down stuff and going home and I was technology oriented. So yeah, I, I did the Google and I did that. But again, we want to bring this stuff to the people. Hopefully they don't have to look as hard. And then if we can incorporate what you're doing in the school system, you know, that's even great. So that's why we got you here today. And we heard that that business of online education by 2025, they predict some crazy market cap of $350 billion will be spent in that space. And we just want to know, how do you and Elevate K-12 plan to be leaders or what are you, what is, what is your main goal in that space? Yeah, let me start by talking a little bit about what we do and how we do it. And I think that'll lead into the rest of the conversation. So at Elevate K-12, we primarily exist to fix the teacher shortage crisis across the United States. So we work with schools, think of school in rural Iowa where physics is getting taught by the gym teacher because that's who has the free period and there's no physics teacher in that zip code. We actually get those schools a certified live high quality teacher 
We beam them into the students classroom with nationally and state aligned curriculum on our own proprietary tech platform and make the magic happen. Those kids are all in the classroom and they get the teacher they need. So pandemic or not, our whole idea is that the kids are still together. It's just the teachers that's remote. And when you think about it, we don't have as big a teacher shortage in the country as we think we do. We have a teacher arbitrage. The teachers that are needed for the schools like you're talking about these underserved kids. We go into schools in rural Georgia where a single school could be missing 10 math teachers. They're not going to find them in their zip code. We get them by partnering with these schools, working into their human capital strategy. We get them 10 amazing teachers for these kids that would otherwise have the lunch lady teaching algebra. I don't know if you've seen in the news, but New Mexico just recently issued an order that all of the uh, National Guard had to go be substitute teachers because of the wow. issues that they're having. And there was another, I think it was Arizona, that came in and said that all the government workers were going to have to be substitute teachers because of these COVID issues. Our program allows us to get those kids high quality teachers. I mean, think about it. Do you want the secretary from the DMV being the substitute for your kids? No, I don't think so. And we don't really provide substitute teachers. We provide long term solutions for schools. So our teachers are able to form those bonds. They know that they can call on Keith by name, invite Keith up to our virtual board, plot on the X, Y axes in the middle of his math class and make sure that he's getting it. And that's something you don't get from asynchronous learning. So a lot of schools are using asynchronous platforms where students watch videos. That's not that's not the right solution for these underserved kids. They're getting left behind and falling through the cracks. And you said it yourself, you needed those teachers to help keep you motivated and get you through. And what we provide is a lot of teachers that do that. You might ask where are teachers come from, right? That's a big question we always get. So we have a lot of stay at home moms. So think about the US population, 80% of teachers are female. Most of them have maternal instincts, which is why they went into education in the first place. They're nurturers. And yes. so a lot of them are going to stay at home. And a lot of them can't pay for daycare and work their job because it's a wash on a teacher's salary to pay for daycare. Well, with our programs, they can get their kids on the bus at eight o'clock. They can get their kids off the bus at three and they can teach for us from nine till one. They can pick up three or four classes, teach at schools across the country in the subject, still keep their craft of teaching real and fresh, do what they love, make some extra money and do it flexibly from the comfort of their own home. We do the same thing with retired teachers. Retired teachers in a typical school, there's the rule of 85s. 30 years in the district and 55 years old, you can retire full pension, but these people are still full of life and want to teach. They just don't want to have to do a 12-hour day in a school. They don't want to have to do soccer practice or lunch duty or study hall. They are a captive audience with, with teaching certifications that can still engage our youth. And so what we do is find an opportunity to take those teachers and put them into the classrooms across the country that need them most. That's what's up. Now, two questions out of what you just yeah. said. Now, from a kid's standpoint or a children's standpoint, um, like you said, you got us in the classroom. I have my teacher on the board. How does that work in the classroom if, you know, whether... And hopefully it's not behavioral problems, but if it sure. is behavior and you got to keep kids straight, yeah. is it somebody you can't, there? You can't or? leave a room of kids alone, that's for certain. Exactly, exactly. So school, 
The school provides a paraprofessional in the classroom. Okay. The paraprofessional partners with our teacher. So they do the classroom management. In the ideal situation, they're meeting 15 minutes throughout the day, making sure they're talking about little Keith in the back row who's being a pain in the butt and hey, have to rearrange his seating and all that good stuff. But um, they partner. They're, they're really a co-teaching model. So that classroom coach is in the room with the kids, making sure they're on task, they're paying attention, they're not sleeping, they have any issues logging in with their computer, they do that too. And then the teacher gets to just turn up and teach. So because all of our curriculum is written for the teachers, they get to show up, the lessons are planned, they get to just do their craft, show the kids what to do in their own way, and really express their teaching as they see fit. That's dope. Now, from a, a teacher standpoint, you made a, a good point. Um, for teachers, maybe in, like you said, either districts where they're getting pulled 10 or 20 ways because the district only can pay one person to teach 85 classes. This also gives them an option um, to be, again, use their, their gift and their craft to be as marketable as possible and not kind of stuck to the conditions of their environment. And you brought up a good point earlier where there was things that weren't offered in your school. And I'll give you a couple great examples. With our program, let's say a school wants to offer American Sign Language. They're only going to get 30 or 40 kids that want that. They can't afford to hire full FTE to teach American Sign Language. But through our program, they can hire us for one or two periods in each of their schools, have our teachers teach American Sign Language or German or French or Spanish or chemistry or whatever it is so that those kids get a better exposure, whether that's through computer science classes we're offering, foreign language classes we're offering, or just the core classes that we offer that every school typically has. That's pretty cool. Now, it's like you said that that typically all schools have certain courses now when these districts sign up for the courses is that a decision usually made by the school board or is that the school you're yeah. directly working with yeah it's usually at the district level so we're working with the superintendents the heads of hr the chief academic officers there's more than likely board involvement and board approval in that uh, and then they work with their schools to understand the HR needs across their schools and how they distribute the, the teachers and the periods and what they need from us. And we do a great job of working with the districts to, to get them what they need. That's cool. And I asked that question because I, I just wondered from a parent, a parental standpoint, you know, how does a parent get involved? How do, how do they say, hey, this might be a solution we need to look at for our kids? Um, you know, in our district, you know, how do how do they do that? It was that just yeah. I think it's talking to your school administrator. It's talking to your school board. It's opening minds. Like I said, we're currently in 26 states, but expanding that pretty rapidly. Uh, we've started to get inbound calls from neighboring districts or neighboring states or someone met someone at a conference. And this is how they're solving their solution. And and we seem to be the ones that people are coming to right now to solve this very difficult solution of the teacher shortage. Yeah, man, it, it's crazy. Now, not just from a teacher side, but from a, because I know too, again, not having the right resources or not, again, having the right people constantly holding you, whatever, as a kid, you know, mentally that could be tough, even with the coming to school and then, hey, having to stay home. And to your point, some days having asynchronous uh, education where I'm learning on my own and then we coming back into a class environment and I don't know what the heck we went over two days ago. You know, are we, are you guys seeing 
like improvements in those kids going through the programs like hey this is really Absolutely. I mean, we see results. And I think that's why schools continue to renew and expand the programs with us. We've had schools across the country that they're comparing their scores of Elevate Kids versus non-Elevate Kids on their end-of-year tests. And we get feedback constantly that our students are doing as well as, if not better. And listen, our solution is never going to substitute for the most amazing teacher that's in the front of the classroom. That is not what we're solving. We are solving the problem for the kids that aren't getting that teacher. And I think that's an important difference. And a lot of why we don't work in high income and middle income districts at this point in time, because they have they have the resources. Exactly. Those that they have the tax base, you know, you talk about the equity in education, those teachers make more. There's a waiting list to get into those districts. We're working with the schools that are getting left behind. And unfortunately, with those schools, so do the kids. And when you really think about what we're doing, you know, I told you before the podcast, we're we're serving 45,000 kids a day right now. And that number is growing. And it just makes my heart full to to think back three years ago when I first started and we had eight class periods of kids. So we were serving, you know, 300 kids and now we're up to 45,000 a day. And it's just amazing to, to see our growth and the adoption. And that's attributed to the fact that we're work, it's working and we're seeing those results. And like you said, I, I think this is definitely, hopefully one we share it out and the school administrators take a look at and school districts, because again, I, I, th- I think what you said was is, is another strong point. Me working in IT, I, I understand people buying these softwares and again, not knocking anybody's software, not not saying that it doesn't work, but sometimes when it's not implemented correctly, it sits. And, right. it, it, and it just seems like, again, your, your, your solution that you have is obviously interactive, so it can't sit. And then, um, again, you can kind of it now. Is that a thing? Can you take it in and out? So do I have to be in school? Let's say if it was another outbreak, we can send you can send us home. And that's the beauty. So during COVID, we we very quickly pivoted so that students could be in a distributed model at home. And we were actually able to serve schools in a hybrid model. So half the kids are in the classroom, half the kids are at home. They're all seeing the same teacher and still working together. So for the students that have been using Elevate through COVID even this year, where two-week quarantine at home or, you know, the whole school shuts down for two weeks, we're still able to get to those kids and effectively instruct them and engage them over that time. Cool. Man, that's good. And and again, I, I think mentally wise for the children that's so much just normalcy in a a time of no normalcy yeah exactly it's definitely something to be said about that normalcy because again even if it's one of those things hey outbreak you got to go home i think to see the same teacher to go in and access it and it look and feel about the same way i think that that does help a whole lot yeah for the kids stress levels and and, and everything they got going on now like you said, you guys are in underserved communities. So I, I would guess in some of those communities, obviously, if they can get to school, no issue. Um, now, I would guess probably the schools would hand out laptops. I know they did that in some of the, you know, COVID, COVID fixed a lot of that. Okay. So, so they take, okay. So you know where I'm going at with this, with the resources, the Wi-Fi, the laptops, how do those kids get looked out for? Do you guys partner with people? Is it the school system issue? How does that work? 
It's the school system, but I will tell you COVID, the one good thing that it did was solve a lot of technology issues in the schools. There was a lot of money put into getting internet in these underserved communities, getting laptops to these kids so that they can learn. And that issue we had pre-COVID with students not having the resources, but now we don't. And I'll I'll share an anecdotal story that like breaks my heart. But when COVID first hit back in March of 2020, all of our schools obviously shut down and we started bringing them back into online modalities and things like that. And we were running this uh, science class. I can't even remember. I think it was like a chemistry class at this point. And we had one student that didn't have internet at home. And so he was, but he worked at a gas station in town. So every day he was riding his bike with his laptop to the gas station to take his class at the gas station's internet because he didn't want to fall behind. And he was the only kid showing up for the longest time. Everything was a mess at the beginning of COVID. And my team came to me and they're like, we only have this one kid logging in and, and, and this is his story. And I was like, well, we will put that teacher in the classroom as long as that kid shows up. Like, we are not going to fail him if he's not failing us. And we will talk to the school about getting the rest of those 29 kids logged in. <laughs> we, yeah, we'll we're figure it out. Huh? We're going to run this class and we are going to get this kid the education he deserves because he was putting in the effort. That's Yeah, that's crazy. Like again, now if I'm on the teacher side of this, and again, yeah. and, and I'm I'm looking at, hey, maybe is this the employment for me, or hey, how does my skills transfer? Do I need something special? What yeah. do you What do you say to to the teacher that might be watching this, thinking, should I try my hand, or no, yeah. this is not for me? Yeah, Elevate isn't for everybody. There are a lot of teachers that love to be in the classroom. They love to do their lesson plans. They love all of that. Our program is for teachers that want the flexibility in their lives or they want to work from home for whatever their medical health, whatever reasons, or they want to work from a van driving through the Yellowstone and they're, you know, uh, 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 living the van life. They can do that, too. Um, Our teachers all have a U.S. certification. They are U.S. teachers, though we do have some U.S. teachers that are based overseas and still teaching. Uh, If you look at our TikTok, you will see one of our amazing teachers that shows herself teaching and then flashes to the Eiffel Tower behind her, which is super cool. So follow us on TikTok. Shameless plug. Um, Plug them up. Plug them up. Y'all got TikTok. I don't see. I'm I'm behind. I got to get on. They thought our, our marketing girls finally got me on TikTok a couple of weeks ago. I was like, oh boy. Um, but uh, but no, for our teachers, you know, a lot of companies, the teacher needs to be certified in the state that they're teaching in, but we take care of all that for the teachers. So okay. let's say we've got a teacher in Illinois that's teaching in South Carolina. We help them work through the reciprocity process. We reimburse them for their efforts and costs for that and get them the certification that the school needs so we don't really have to worry about that that much and we've really worked with a lot of the school systems and a lot of the states to work through and understand there are different challenges and issues and every state department of education is a little different and what they require and every school is a little different than what they require but um, we have a team that works really hard to get that problem solved so that again 
Teachers go through the application process with us. They do a quick live assessment where they teach a lesson so we can make sure that they're uh, engaging online. And uh, from there, we get them plugged into schools and they're off to the races and teaching on the schedule that they give us. And I think for that, a lot of teachers that like teaching with us, it is the stay at home mom that wants to work certain hours. It is the retired teacher that wants to work certain hours. It's the millennial or Gen Z that wants to gig work. The world is changing. It's much different than when you and I worked together, Keith, and yeah, man. in the big yellow box dinosaur at the corporate <laughs> park. You know, a lot of millennials- The person who then, stays the latest wins. No, it don't work like that. <laughs> no, they want, they want the freedom. And this gives them that. It gives them the freedom to travel. It gives them the freedom to have other gig work. They could be a yoga teacher part-time. They could drive Uber part-time. They can still teach with us part-time. Do what they love, get their fulfillment from the kids, and then follow their passions and do whatever else they want in their other time. There you go. See, look, follow your passions. You know what? Listen, even even I can uh, can uh, grow with the times. Hey, look, that that, that kind of rolls into my uh, next question. Like, how has being the CEO of Elevate K-12, how does that really tie into your passion? I mean, because you've been in education for a while. So 20 years. I've been in education for 20 years now. So after uh, I stopped working with you, I, I fell into a job with Sylvan Learning Centers and realized that I found my passion. You know, I have always been a technologist and an operator and a little bit of product and project management. And uh, I fell into education and I just fell in love. Like, how can you not be excited every day waking up just knowing that you're helping kids? Right. And whether at the end of the day, and, you know, I think when I found Elevate K-12, I found a deeper level of my passion because it's not just kids. It's U.S. kids. It's underserved kids. It's the kids that we as a country are leaving behind. And yes. it's so super important that we don't. And we forget about that, you know, especially a lot of people in middle income and high income districts forget the 75% of rural America that's out there. I'm not even talking about the inner cities like Chicago. I hear you. I'm talking about rural America. And so for me, it's what gets me out of bed every day. And it's what gets my so. team out of bed every day. And we've had situations where it's like, oh, should we cancel classes because of this, cancel classes. And my team will resoundingly tell me they don't care how much work it is. We will keep the classes running because that's what we have to do. And, and COVID, when it hit, was a great example. It would have been easy for us to just like hide Walk in the away. cave and let the two months blow over. But instead, we drove headfirst into the storm and we're like, we can get these kids learning straight away. What can we do and how fast can we help you? What did those sprints look like? Because I know you was all about sprints back with, back at the old job. What does that timeline look like from like, hey, idea to boom hey guess what we got a new module up yeah it, it, no it i mean we we move fast we are a high high paced high energy high growth organization uh year-long projects don't fly with us <laughs> uh, you know a couple months seems like a year to us so i tell anybody who's looking at our site right now we're expanding so we're we're advertising for a lot of jobs right now in a lot of locations yeah. it's not just teachers obviously teacher hiring is a huge focus but we're hiring in technology and marketing and hr and you know product and all sorts of things so check us out from that perspective 
but um, be ready to bring your energy. That's for sure. And I think uh, I haven't lost bring that. Bring the voodoo with you. Bring your bring your bag of tricks and your energy because uh, our sprints are fast and we have a no fail attitude, but not a no mistakes attitude. And there's a difference. If you're making mistakes and you're learning from them, then it's not a failure. Failure is when you don't push yourself enough to make mistakes. And so we fully believe that. And through all of the culture and fabric of our company, we are winners. And we have decided that winning is helping more and more kids every day. And that's our benchmark and our true norm. And I do know Kim. So if you mess up more than twice, yes, your butt. They ain't got nothing to do with being better. <laughs> I'm just that, like, Keith, <laughs> that has not changed one and when my team watches this podcast, yeah, they don't, are don't. Be laughing their butts off. Yeah, you 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 hold that no for a while. Like, let me just try one more thing before I get back to Kim. <laughs> That's right. No. <laughs> that's right that's right i still tell the i still tell the story about when the servers were down every tuesday from the mortgage company yeah i hated that i they know it was the <laughs> they party time huh exactly exactly uh, people would never understand and no. look as we wrap up kim two questions one from the kid side right yeah have, i know you guys see a ton of kids that that benefit from your program have you personally been able to talk to any of them or hear any of the results and we we do we talk to the kids we get out to the schools we we chatted up with them for a lot of the kids this is second nature these kids have been on an ipad or some sort of computer their whole life so we're some schools early stages for us we're like well, how are kids gonna react and engage to this we have a lot of kids that are like, I love my Elevate class. We do surveys with our students twice a semester. Cool. And that's how I benchmark. You know, you know me. You can think, you can feel all you want, but show me the data. Right. Hey, better so be like, some KPIs in exactly, there. <laughs> exactly. So, you know, with those, we do the student surveys and we take those pretty seriously and we look at where the kids are, you know, struggling and where they want to see improvements. And in general, on a five point scale, our scores are consistently over a four with the kids on the performance of things. And let's face it, kids don't like anything having to do with learning. So if you can get them to to rate that high. So the uh, the other thing I'll tell you is uh, mm -hmm. a year or two ago, we had one of our teachers who was traveling and she happened to be going to the area where one of the schools she teaches in and she lived states away. Okay. So she did a surprise visit into the kids, and I think we might have a video clip on LinkedIn about it. And these That's kids, cool. when she walked into the room, like she was honestly like they seeing the rock stars. Like some of the kids hugging her, crying. It was that's like, dope. it was just amazing to watch. And that's the magic we have. Like the internet. That's the reality. The internet allows people to connect if you use it the right way. And that's what we've done for teaching. Wow, man. It's just, that's awesome. I know that makes you feel all bubbly inside. Yeah. I see that big old smile on your face. Definitely warm me up. And I, like I said, I was kind of blown back by what I thought, but just hearing the, the message from you obviously is is even more dope. 
last thing what's down the pike do you guys got anything new coming i know you say you got a lot of jobs that uh that, that yeah. might be coming up go ahead shout y'all yourselves out sure. TikTok, sure. the ig everything yeah i would uh i would follow us elevatek12.com is our website follow us on linkedin facebook instagram TikTok now our teachers are starting to TikTok, so follow the hashtag teachers of TikTok. Uh, and you'll find a lot of videos uh, having our teachers in them and just talking about all the great things we're doing. Um, follow us on the news channels. We've got a lot of exciting things coming up down that way. And we're going to continue. I mean, there you go. the U.S. market is big enough. As you said, EdTech is going to be a $350 billion market. We need to solve the problems here in the U.S. before people always ask me, are you going international? Are you going international? Take care of home first. Yet. I appreciate that. Let's let's stay home and fix the issues that we have here to the best that we can, and then we'll start talking about elsewhere. Um, so continuing to expand states, expand within those states, serving more and more kids. Hopefully you and I'll catch up next year and I'll be able to tell you that we're up to 150, 200,000 kids, and that will make my smile even bigger. Hey, that'll make me jump out the gym too, especially if we can get Baltimore on the map. That'll be even perfect. So, no, absolutely. We're going to try. We're going to keep trying. Last question Kim asks all my guests this favorite sneakers of all time. Favorite sneakers of all time. So, I'm going to give you two because right now I got a favorite sneaker called Hocus because. Because I, I run and I have foot problems. And so I've graduated to the sneakers that help the foot problems. I got but you. I got you. No fashion you right now. School, if I give you my old school answers, it's Chucks, Chucks, Chucks all day long. And Chuck Taylors. Okay. What's the favorite color? What's your favorite color? I have bright green ones and I have gray ones. Okay. Okay. And you probably got a whole bright out green outfit with that, don't no, you? No, I, I still, I remember we started it back when we worked together, Fun Shoe Friday, and I've taken that to a lot of companies. And so the green chucks will come out on Fun Shoe Fridays every See, once in a while. People don't, they, they don't, they don't get the Fun Shoe Friday. See, I'm a sneakerhead and you know, I love that because we got to show right. off our tennis on Friday, but I do it at my job now and people don't get it, but you get it. See, you understand. Yeah, you, you get it. You totally get it. <laughs> hey, Kim, I want to thank you so much for taking the time out your busy day. I know you guys got a lot going on over there. You probably got a couple of sprint reports waiting at the door for you. Absolutely. But I want to just Absolutely. thank you. Thanks it was great catching me. up. It was great it was catching awesome up. talking to you and catching up. And uh, I look forward to, to keep talking. Definitely. Uh, I'm going to send you something in the uh, email for you taking your time out. Just a little gift from us. But like I said, just thank you for what you're doing for the kids. Like, I just don't think people really get it yet. I know it'll be big. And when it be big, they're going to be like, oh, and we're going to be like, we told y'all so. We told you. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. All right, Kim. Hey, look, much success. Awesome. Thanks, Keith. All right. Have a good one. Talk All right, to bye -bye. you.